Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 23rd of January. It is Wednesday. It is Relationship Wednesday, and there's a lot to say today because I am going back to that fork in the road. I've been building up to this show because it's one of those shows, it's, it's a subtle show because it talks about self-accounting and people are like, well, you know, I pretty much for the most part do that. I'm, you know, pretty honest about what I do, but it's not about what you do to the other person or with the other person in your relationship when it comes to self-accounting. It really does go back to how you just account for yourself. Because what we don't realize is that anyone who lives with us, whether it's our children, our partners, our parents, they see us all day long. They can see us thinking. Think about how if you have children or you live with your parents and you know what's coming before they even say it or do it sometimes. And there's a lot of acceptance. There's a lot of calm as we get to know people that well. Because once we know how someone and we live with them, we have to somehow build a level of safety to be able to continue living with them, like having our time or having time with them or coming to them for certain conversations or whatever it is we do that just happens every day. The way we self-account calms us. Just knowing how someone self-accounts because then we'll know like, hey, if I do this, they're going to get upset. If They say this, they really are hiding something. So you start to know just by the way the person words something, says something, does something, what's going on inside of them. And even if you may not like what's going on inside of them, you will still understand the method to their madness. That's why self-accounting calms us no matter what the challenges we face are. It's not the problems that come to us from the outside. It's how we understand we will deal with them. Like I always knew growing up what would make my mom really, really mad. I always knew when I was married to my husband because I was married for about 14 years, just maybe a a hair short of 14 years. And I knew by the way he walked what kind of day I was going to have. I knew what was going on in his mind. I didn't even realize at that time what self-accounting was or what any of that meant. But we know and we learn to accept and care for that person in that way. Because let's say I, I knew just by how the way he walked, he wasn't feeling that great. And he may even be upset about, you know, whatever happens that day. And so I may react by saying, "Uh uh-oh, I need to stay away today. 
or he's going to get mad and it's going to end up being at me or something like that. So what is it when we see the truth, we speak the truth, we do the truth, even if it's not a good truth, like, hey, they're really upset. Hey, this is how they're going to react. Will keep your life flowing forward, whether it is with you alone or together with another soul. The first thing that Christ started with with me was self-accounting. Still remember the day he said the word self-accounting. And I thought, wow, like a balance sheet. But it wasn't a balance sheet to Christ. It was, you tell yourself the truth, or you're going to spend your life chasing it. But once you tell it, you can just go on. Once we know the truth, we can make a decision. Until the truth is on the table, a decision cannot be made, at least not one that's going to be a final decision. Cannot go past the lack of truth even if that lack of truth is something we have not discovered yet about ourselves or someone else. We cannot make final decisions. It's like, okay, if you know the car doesn't work, then you have to find a different way of transportation and you have to fix the car. If something in you isn't completely true, you cannot go on to the next truth in the same way, because you are building on a foundation that doesn't believe yet that truth can be found. Really think about that. I have a friend whose partner is addicted to alcohol. They're, they're an alcoholic. Beautiful person. And the disease is way ahead of her. Way ahead of her. And it is a disease. And it's not easy to overcome. And the reason it's not easy to overcome is that whatever truth is being masked behind the alcohol from the beginning, if that has not been uncovered, can go to rehab all you want and you're going to come out and you're going to want to cover up that lack of truth yet again. That's why when you go, They do a lot of talking. They do a lot of digging. They try to get to the bottom of the root causes. Otherwise, the person cannot go on. You talk to people who have recovered. They are some of the most insightful, beautiful people you can ever meet because they have done that work. They have self-accounted, and it did calm them. Self-accounting calms us. It is an amazing transformation that we even wrap our minds around until we just say the truth. And it's not that it's hard to say the truth. It's that sometimes we don't even know what the truth is and it's our job to dig a little bit, ask ourselves questions. When Christ said to me, One ounce of pure love or pure intent will overcome any obstacle, provided it's pure. I thought to myself, (laughs) I never thought of what my intentions were. And how do I know if they're pure? What does that even mean? 
And I started writing and writing and writing. And then you have origins of truth because he had to teach me what wasn't pure in us that purifies as we get older for me to understand what was pure, which is why I talked so heavily about the different personality, either disorders or development type things that we face with other people. The hardships we face with other people because we need to grow to a certain point. Some of us are argumentative. Some of us are people who split hairs. Some of us are people who pick on each other. Some of us are people who pick on ourselves. But until you know what that looks like, it's hard to know what the other looks like. We know what it feels like. Well, I just want to become, but I've met people who say that. But then when you give them solutions, they fight you because they actually don't don't want to be there. They don't know how to be there. It makes them uncomfortable, not used to it. But there's something about self-accounting that brings a sense of truth that leads your life and carries the lives that are in your life. So what does it look like every day in a relationship? And why is it a force to be reckoned with? Because it is. So last night before I slept, I, I posted these few things and I put offering your time, your skills, and your love are gifts that keep on giving. The reason is, is when you offer time for your love, people get to know you. And as people get to know you and reflect you back to you, you get a deeper sense of who you are. And that sense creates a commitment and a bond between you and another person. So if you are in a relationship and the two of you spend time together, make decisions together, greet each other in the mornings, you know, have that little pillow talk time before you go to bed and then you go to bed, those are all bonds that your time and your love and your skills your listening skills, your communication skills give you that time, the things in a relationship that make a relationship a relationship. That's why sometimes people who don't see each other, they might work on different coasts. A lot of people in the entertainment industry who travel for their jobs and they don't take their spouses with them. At times, if they just met and they didn't build those bonds, Six months later, they say, oh, you know what? We broke up because we just never see each other. We don't even know each other enough to say why we broke up. We just, we just never see each other. We were really excited about each other, but there's no time built into the relationship. Our skills haven't been utilized. Our love hasn't been shared. So if there wasn't the energy exchange to keep it going, the mean people are bad. We can't look at breakups as bad. I know when they want to sell a, a newspaper, they, they bring all that out, but that's not what's going on. Self-accounting allows for changes that give us the means, the support to make it through other things within the relationship, which is why and I've had this just recently, a couple who've been married for a long time. They've never had children. 
together. They support each other. They do, you know, go through great pains to not upset each other. And one of the two has a lot of rules. You know, like we eat this way. I don't like this. I don't like that. But, you know, you're free to do what you need to do. So now they they get separated on certain issues, but they understand that they are not going to not be together over those issues. So they find a way to work around their differences, which is great. But then after a while, if so many things are different and you start varying out more and more over time, you're not spending as much time together and you're not sharing as much love. You start to feel isolated, especially when there isn't a pet or kids to kind of join you together. And then you get used to living on your own islands together. And one day you wake up and you go, oh, my gosh, what am I doing here? We don't have anything in common anymore. The things that we decided to do separately have become more than the things we've decided to do together. So when I met with them, I said, you know, the fact that this is happening and you know it is huge because a lot of times people don't know it until they don't know the person they're with anymore. So the fact that you both paid attention tells me that you are already pretty darn close to know when you're not. But see, that self-accounting part, like, hey, wait a minute, I think we veered off a little too far. Let's come back in a little bit. Or we veered off a little too far, and I realized I'm okay out here. Maybe we've evolved out of who we were, and maybe we're friends now because we're living great as friends. But, wow, we haven't. We haven't connected for a while. Let's let's reconnect. Let's let's give time back. Let's share our skills. Let's share our love. Because those are the gifts of every relationship. So in that, Maureen Cook writes, when you talk about souls growing, does that mean that we care more? I've been thinking for the past year now that caring is the real miracle. We cannot make anyone care about anything. So when some life experience helps us to see or understanding something that might and usually makes us care more, I feel that is a big miracle. Do you or Christ have any thoughts on this? Thank you. And in truth, caring, acceptance, respect, all that comes. All those are we learn that gives us the understanding of what self-accounting means. Because in when I wrote up the show about self-accounting, Christopher Sedre says, Nadia, it is not clear. What do you mean by self? By self, do you mean the soul or do you mean the self as ego? I don't know. Christ just said self-accounting. I figured that was me. Whatever the ball of wax is, my, my soul and my ego, because my ego keeps trying to interfere with my soul, tries to tell me that things that I naturally care about, I don't care about. Or something weird like that. Counting is a very, I want to say, subtle, huge word, subtle feeling of that calm of knowing 
I can tell myself the truth, still like myself, still love myself, still care about myself enough to like and care about you, enough to accept who you are in my life of who you are in my life, enough to not put you down for your feelings, your thoughts, your actions, enough to when something does happen where I can easily say, I told you so, I say, wow, I know what you must be feeling. Is there anything I can do to help you? Enough to not purposefully hurt the other person. That's how self-accounting changes us. And that's why it feels so calm. It even feels calm to say it to you. Because I know if I mess up, I would love for someone to talk to me that way. As opposed to say, you always do that. I can't tell you how many times I've seen you do that. How could you not know you do that? And then we just want to hurt the person, hurt them, hurt them. But really what we're saying is, hey, I don't like myself any more than I like you. And then the fight comes out where somebody needs to be right so that they can feel at least somewhat justified in how they feel about themselves. Self-accounting is literally the most, if they were to say, what is the biggest thing you learned from Christ? It was that. Understanding myself enough to understand and respect other people. And say that to yourself. How much do I understand myself? Where do I get impatient with other people? And if you really want to know who you are, you can see that as a sign of where you're impatient with yourself, where you're hard on yourself, where, you're, where you neglect yourself. Maybe you don't take care of yourself because you're afraid if you do, you won't have the time to do the other things. And maybe it's time that you resent not having for yourself. Yet you're the only one who can make it for yourself. May not even be the other person, but sometimes we get aggravated with other people because we didn't take care of us first. And we say, I need to take care of myself first. But doing it is when we account for our time, when we account for who we are in our own lives. Like Christ asked me, who would you be if everyone you knew did not know you? And I remember the first time he asked me that. I said, I don't know. Who am I? What do I really want? I don't even know. I want my family to be happy. Everything I wanted was right outside of me. There were good things, noble things, I thought. I want my family to be happy. I want my kids to be safe and happy. I want to take care of everybody. You know, I want to keep a clean house. All that kind of stuff was the stuff I wanted. But then I had to go a little deeper because that's just my outside. When Christ started asking me, why that person? 
Why do you want to get to know that person? What's in them that you want to get to know? Why? And I realized that the people I was looking for to date early on was to complete my picture, whatever picture I had in my mind of what my life would be like. Choosing people to do that for me. But what I had to learn was I had to complete my own picture so I would know who I can share my life with as opposed to plug someone in. Because the way I used to think, the way we used to think, the way we were taught to think that once you get married, then you're complete. Now you're an adult, at least in my culture. You're not an adult until you get married. So we were getting married for different reasons than just knowing that, okay, we are two pretty strong people and we are stronger together. You will give me my strength or you will provide that for me somehow. If I, if I understood then self-accounting, I would have taken care of my business, like, and it would have made a difference in who I chose to be in my life. Because I didn't look at the psychology very closely. I just thought that if I love someone, I have enough love for both of us, and maybe they have enough love for both of us, and all of that worked. But I made decisions before, before I knew if that even could work. The beauty of experience, but more than the beauty of experience, because by the time I saw Christ, I was 40. I had two kids. I was divorced. I never heard of self-accounting. I was schooled through lessons by Christ as to what that meant. Those slow moments of self-acceptance, those slow moments of knowing who I am, enough to know what to ask for from life, made me feel content. And I realized that no matter what we face, We have to face it within us first. Like when people will roll their eyes, oh, she was a mistake to their lives because they made a choice to be with that person that they are not accounting for. And they really loved that person as much as they knew how, and they're not accounting for that either. All they do is want to put that person down to put themselves up. And if you ever meet someone who puts their ex down, when they talk to you, run so fast in the other direction because that will be you. How someone ends a relationship. And if they've had a few of those and they tell you about them trying to make themselves scot free of any responsibility, you already know what you're going to face. You're going to face that too. And you're going to be put up into a place where you have to correct everything that people you don't even know did to this person because they haven't self-accounted. You will never find contentness in that relationship, nor will you ever be calm in it. And no man or woman can come in and fix that for you. 
And every day will be a challenge because none of that has been spoken. None of that has been acknowledged. None of that has been known to the person who's speaking it. Point, you have a choice. That's why awareness is so big. We can argue all day long about what awareness means, what free will means, what respect means, what self means. And we can just, you know, massage our brains all day long. But for all intents and purposes, respect is respect, self-accounting is self-accounting, truth is truth, love is love. We all know what that means. We all know what the ego looks like. We know what it sounds like. It tries to over-promise and it always under-delivers. And truth over-delivers and doesn't even have to make a promise. Telling ourselves the truth. Hey, you know what? I'm a person who's kind of actually pretty quiet. If I meet someone who wants to go out every night and go drinking or go dancing, I don't think we're ever going to see each other. Does it mean the other person's bad? No. But you probably won't see each other if one of you wants to do that and the other one likes to just stay home and cuddle up and read a book. There's a lot to be said for asking ourselves questions, finding a way to answer them. That level of understanding is when you can talk to someone, look them in the eyes, have a conversation, listen to what they have to say, give them feedback. And all that happens in a split second. You don't even have to think about it anymore. Sometimes, you know, we're rushing and we have to make a conscious effort to just be quiet. Let the other person finish what they're saying. If we are in a relationship and we start to feel a little far away, are we not spending as much time together? Have we gotten used to each other? Do we just need to reignite that or reinstill time to be together? Do we feel better apart? Are we okay just living side by side? And we can do that for the rest of our lives as well. We all have questions every day. I I don't think I've ever met anyone who didn't wake up without a question. But answering those questions as cleanly as you can. If you start seeing debris on the road, clean it up. Oh, well, they're just, they don't have time for me. Don't start pointing fingers. You also didn't have time for them or didn't make time for them. So instead of saying they didn't and now we're blaming because now the other person will get defensive. When you go to that person and you say, hey, you know what? We haven't been spending that much time together, and I I miss you. Would you like to plan something for this weekend? And then you may plan something for that weekend. And you may have both planned other things and decide you'll do it the next weekend, or you may do it this weekend and put the other things off till the next weekend. Calming conversations that come from knowing ourselves enough to not want to put ourselves in a position of defense or offense or being right, 
all the things ego tries to interfere with in our lives. We will never be without that ego part. We will never be without it. But one of the greatest feelings in the world is recognizing it and saying, oh, I get where that's coming from. And that wants to start a problem. And that ego washes away and said, hey, I didn't tell you to listen to me. I just gave you an idea that you took because you weren't ready to not take it. That's it. We're not so bad. We are not so bad. And Liam writes, self-accounting destroys the ego because the ego never wants to be wrong. So self-accounting has to do with the soul. You can't get to self-accounting without going through your soul first. And your soul kind of keeps knocking at that door. So you guys, we have Dream Team Thursday tomorrow. I will see you then. Have a great Wednesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.